learning beginning the first line. The Gemara here is looking for a raya whether you lain on Tishbav and Atinas Sibur four alias or only three alias. The Gemara says Tashma, it says in the Rice Zakh, any day when an extra aliyah would mean bitum malacha for the people, that people would be missing out on work, going tiny Sibur with Tishbav. Like for example, Tainas Sibur and Tishbav where it's Mutribu Malacha. People are going after Shul to do Malacha. So if we keep them longer with an extra Aliyah, there's going to be Bittu Malacha for the people. So therefore, Karin Shlosh, we only have three Aliyahs, not four. But on a day when there is no Bittu Malacha for the people, like for example, certain Malachas are also people are working less. And even Rosh Chaydash, where the men work, but the women don't work, so there's less Bittu Malacha, Karin Arba. So we read then four Aliyahs. So you hear clearly from this Raisa, that on a tiny tzibur, there's only three aliyahs, not four. On Ravashi, Ravashi is not happy with this. Ravashi says, We didn't learn this in the Mishnah, meaning this Ravashi feels that the Mishnah sounds very much like there's four aliyahs in a tiny Why does it sound like in the Mishnah there's four aliyahs? Because the Mishnah says, after saying that on Rosh Chodesh and on Chalamay, there's four aliyahs, it says, this is the rule, any day when there's a Kerman Musaf, it's not Mamash Yamtiv, Kain Arba, there's four Elias. Now, when he says Zeaklal, he must be coming to add in something. This is the rule. What's he coming to include? Lavla, Siyah, Tainas, Tzibur, and Tishbav. Is he not coming to include Tainas, Tzibur, and Tishbav? And even though there's no carbon Musaf, but there's extra Tvila in Tainas, Tzibur, there's extra Tvila in Tishbav, Anenu. So, therefore, that extra Tvila would be like the equivalent of an extra Musaf. And therefore, you'd have an extra Elias. So Ravashi feels that the idea, the implication of the mission is that there's four aliyahs. Now the Gemara asks, Uravashi, according to Ravashi, Masnisan Mani, who's the Tan of the mission? Ravashi wants to say that the Tan of the Mishnah holds that there's four aliyahs in the Tan of Sibur. So who is this? Where do we find such a Tana? It's not the Tanakama of the Brahis we're going to bring right now, and it's not Rabbi either. The Tanya says in a Brahisa, if Tishba falls on a Monday or a Thursday. So on a Monday or a Thursday, anyway, we would lay in three uh, alias. So Karin Shleisha. So we lay in three alias. Three people will read. Umaftir Yachad. And the Maftir, the one who lays after, is one of those three. And if Tishba is on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, so we wouldn't have laid otherwise. So Karin Yachad. So only one person laying from the Tire. One aliyah. Umaftir Yachad. And that same person, he also reads the Aftar. And Rabbi says, no. Always on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, always three people read from the Torah, and one of them is the one who reads the Torah as well. So both the Tanakam and Rabbi both agree that there's only three Elias in Tishba. Why should we make Machlaikas? Why should we say that the Tan of the Mishnah holds there's a fourth Aliyah if we clearly see so many Tanayim only hold three? So then we're left with the question of Ravashi. The Mishnah says Zeaklal, and it sounds like it's coming to include something. And what's that? Not a tainus? Lo. It's not coming to include a tainus. It's coming coming to include Rosh Chaydesh and Cholomayd that they have four liyas. But the Gemara says, what do you mean? It can't be coming to include them. That it says explicitly that Rosh Chadashim, Ubumayd, Karin Arba. The Mishnah says that they read four. So Zeaklal can't be coming to include them. The Gemara says, you're right, it's not coming to include them either. Rather, if the Tana is just giving a simon, the Tana is just giving a way of knowing when and why you read for Elias. The late Tana, you shouldn't say 
that Yam Tov You shouldn't make a mistake and think that Yam Tov are the same, and there's four Aliyahs in both, or there's five Aliyahs in both. No, you should know that Cholamayit is always four, and Yam Tov is five. How should you know this? Hold on to this Klal in your hand. And the Klal is called the Tafi Le Milsa Michavri, Tafi Le Gavri Yaseira. Anything that has something more than its friend, meaning any day that has something more than another day, so it gets an extra person, an extra aliyah, because of that. So regular Monday, Thursday, you don't have a carbon Musaf. So on Rosh Chodesh and Maid, you have an extra carbon Musaf. You have a fourth person reading. So you have something extra. So you have an extra fifth person reading. You have an extra Isser, the Einish of Kares. Shisha. So there's six people reading. Shabbos, Dika, Isser, Skilah, Dinisser, Yerchayv, Skilah for that. Shiva. So there's the seventh person that reads. That's what the mission is doing over here. So the Gemara goes back to the story of Rav, that uh, Rav came to Bavel. Gufa. We said Rav equal above Rav came to Bavel. Behind this tuber. Come, Karabis, Afra. So he got up and he read from the Sefer Taira. Pasach, he began. Barich, and he made a bracha before the Kriyasa Taira. Chasim, and when he finished laining, he didn't make a bracha afterwards. And then, meaning when it was time for Tachanun, everybody fell down to Nefilas Apayim. They did Nefilas Apayim. And Rav, Rav didn't fall down on his face for Nefilas Apayim. My time, why didn't Rav fall on his face for Nefilas Apayim? Isn't that what you're supposed to do? The Gemara says, no. There was a stone floor in front of Rav. The time in the Brisa says, it says in the Pasuk, meaning uh, a stone that covers the ground, you shouldn't put there to bow down to prostrate yourself on top of it. And the Gemara Darshan, the Brisa Darshans, on top of a stone on the ground, you're not allowed to bow down to prostrate yourself. In your land, meaning outside the base of English, but you could bow down on top of the Avanim in the base of English. Only answered doing this on a ritzbah, on a stone floor. So that's why Rav didn't do it. But the Gemara says, if that's why Rav didn't do it, so then why are we saying that Rav didn't do it? Why only Rav? I mean, all the people in Shul, nobody should have been if the stone was a stone floor. It's answered. The Gemara says, no, no, the stone floor was only in front of Rav. So Rav wasn't able to, but they were able to. So if that's what the situation was, why couldn't Rav go where the Tzibur was and let him follow him in his face there, doing the philosophy there? The Gemara says, Rav didn't want to to travel them, meaning if Rav would go over to where they were, they would all stand up to be Mechavid Rav. He didn't want to be Mechavid them. He stayed where he was, and since where he was, there was a stone floor, so he couldn't be naive upon it. So that's the first terrace. The boy saying, well, or the Gemara says another terrace. Rav, Pishuk Yadayim Reglaim Havavi. There was a stone floor everywhere in the Shul. But Rav, when he didn't feel Sapayim, he would do Pishuk Yadayim Reglaim. He would spread himself out on the floor, his hands and his legs. And therefore, it was a problem on a stone floor. Only answered to do spreading out your hands and feet on the stone floor. So Rav did that, so he couldn't do it on the stone floor. Everybody else wasn't doing a proper Pishut Yadayim Reglaim 
they were doing a little bit less than that, and that was okay even on the stone floor. But the Gemara asks, so fine. So then let Rav do the fields of Paim and not spread out his hands and feet if that's the issue. No. Rav didn't want to change his minute. Now, Taisa says that the first Lashon of the Gemara didn't want to say this because the first Lashon of the Gemara held that there's an Isidra Banan on a stone floor even without Pishidadayim Raglayim. The second Lashon held that, no, if there's no Pishidadayim Raglayim, it's Mutri Lachatfila, even on a stone floor. And we're chayshin for the first lashon that there's an iser of uh, of nefilas apayim even without pishudayim raglayim on a stone floor, and that's why on uh, Yom Kippur. So we'll put down some uh, some sheet or uh, or lie on a talus so there shouldn't be any contact with the floor. The boys say, but the gemara says there's a third possible teretz here. The third possible teretz is Adam Chashuv Tani Yiravas and Adam Chashuv and Adam Chashuv. Is not allowed to fall down to the Nefilas Apayim in front of the Tzibar. Could you be a Lazar? The Amr Lazar said, Chashu is not allowed to do Nefilas Apayim unless he knows that he will be answered like Yeshua Benun. You see, because it says in the Pasuk, Hashem said to Yeshua, Hashem said to Yeshua, Stand up. Why in your face? In other words, the idea is that if Adam Gadol falls down, in such desperate tefillah, and he's not answered, it's somewhat of a, of a bizarre. Taisus brings to you, Shalmi, that this is only when he's davening for the tzibur, if it's something private, he's davening in private for himself, that would be okay. So I said there's three reasons here why Rav didn't do nefilas apayim. Either because right in front of Rav there was a stone floor, and he didn't want to move over to everybody else because he didn't want it to stand up for him. Or there was a stone floor everywhere, but only Rav did real Nefilas Apayim with Pishidayim Raglayim. The only else did that, and that's okay. And the third there, it says that Rav was not Nuchashif, and he didn't want to be Nefil Alpanov in front of the Tzibur. Tanya, Rav, the Garmin, Kida is Al Apayim. It's on the face. Kida means to put your face to the ground. Shanamah, like it says, Vatikai Basheva Apayim Arts. She bowed her face down, she bowed her face to the ground. Kriya. What does Kriya mean? Al Birkayim. Like to kneel with your knees on the ground. Behind women, that's what it says in the Pasuk, Mikroi Al Birka from bowing down on his knees. Kriya means on the knees. Hishtachava. What's that? Spreading out your hands and legs, lying completely prostrated on the floor. Shnever, like it says, Havona, Voa, Nivi, Mchav, Echecha. Will we come, me and your mother and your brothers, Lishtachava, Sukharza, to bow down to you on the ground? That means prostrating yourself completely. The Gemara says, Levi, Achavi, Kida, Kamed, Rabbi, Levi showed. Rebbe had to do kida, which actually explains it's very difficult. He has to support his entire weight with his thumbs and bring his face to the ground. And ve'itla, and actually in the process he became crippled. Somehow he was supporting too much of his weight from uh, from his waist, and something went uh, went out of place. He became uh, crippled. In fact, the Gemara of Hakol this that he was showing how to do kida. That's what caused him to become a cripple. A person should never throw words, meaning he should never talk disrespectfully to a Kaddish Baruch Because a great man once threw words, upwards to the Kaddish Baruch Hu, he became a cripple. Who was it, Levi? Rashi brings the Gemara that Levi said to a Kaddish Baruch when there was no rain, he went up to the Shemayim, and you're not watching over your children, you're forgetting about them. And that was considered to be my tiach the kapi mala. So the Gemara says, Hava ha garim, they both were garim. What does it mean they are both garim? Rashi explains, because he was a tiach because he was disrespectful, 
So therefore, when he was showing how to do kida, and it was a dangerous thing, so the the sultan was mekatreg, and this happened to him at that unopportune moment.